Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and I'm so glad to have you back with us again. I've got a very interesting guest in the studio with me today. Her name is Kim Minch, and she is a JI certified parent coach who has a deep desire to support and encourage parents to raise their families mindfully. I really like the way she put that. Kim is also a parenting writer who began this journey in 2011 with a self-published memoir entitled My Mother's Footprints, a story of faith, calm, courage, patience, and grace. Since that time, Kim's parenting articles have been published several times on sites such as Suburban Parent Magazine, 10 to 20 Parenting, A Fine Parent, The Huffington Post, and Savannah East. In addition, Kim has a newspaper column called Something to Munch On in the Cross Timbers Gazette, which is circulated in southern Denton County. So, Kim, thank you so much for being in the studio today. And thank you for the opportunity to be here, Debbie. Well, I've been looking forward to interviewing you. We met several months ago at Plaid for Women, and I was just so impressed with your passion, your energy, and your depth of knowledge when it comes to parenting. So I was very excited that you agreed to come and be on the show so we could hear a little bit more about your business, that uh, you're using your skill, your expertise, and your passion to help families, and also to just hear a little bit about what you do. So first of all, um, very interested in that book you wrote, and I understand that your book is available at reallifeparentguide.com. That's your website, website. and that is the only place it's available, Mm -hmm. so people need to write that down, reallifeparentguide.com. Tell us about the book and the inspiration behind writing that book. Okay, well, um, I wrote the book. It's actually a two-part story. The initial half of the book is my journey in becoming a parent at the age of 18. The challenges that I faced um, 30 years ago this month when I found out that I was pregnant um, and the challenges to choose to become a single parent and sort of what enveloped in my life after that. It's hard to imagine, 18. I I know that 18-year-old is a totally different person than the woman you are today. No question. How terrifying that must have been. It was, it was. But it was also a major catalyst in my life. I I talk about my oldest son who came into the world when I was 18 as someone who grew me up not once, but twice. And the second half of this book is the story of how when that son was about the age he was when I had him. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. late teens, early 20s, he spiraled into addiction, into into alcoholism. And the second part of this book is my journey with him, getting him the help that he needed. So it's it's kind of a two-part story, I guess, that I would say. Not only um, how I walked through it, myself as, as, as a young person, the challenge that I faced in growing up, but also helping him. So the parent perspective of that. Um, so who really would get the most out of this book? Would you say a young teenager who is in that struggle right now or 
a mother who's older and now has a child who's in that struggle? It's so interesting. I've had so many people read this from college-age kids, boys and girls, male and female, um, to neighbors who are in their 70s, and everybody gets something different out of this book. But it's amazing to me. I think because it's as raw and as honest as it is, I don't sugarcoat things. Um, I People actually have come to me and told me things that they've never told anyone else simply because I've been as honest as I have in my own journey and my own struggles. So you being candid gave them the freedom to talk about something that they really needed to talk about. Yeah, and in terms of your question, I guess the ideal person that would get the most out of this book would be a mother who is kind of in this road with her son or daughter, really challenged um, by, it's not like a step-by-step what to do next. It is what you will gain from it is hope, is strength, is... uh, You're taking them on a journey with you. Yes. You are taking them on that journey. Yes. Well, I think that's... I was going to say, I think that (laughs) it takes so much nerve to open up your heart and to talk about difficult things when it would be so much easier just to pretend that everything is perfect because your neighbors don't know when things aren't perfect, your friends don't know. And so how difficult was it to actually write that book? Well, and I, I, I wrote it as a cathartic experience for me. So I wrote this book after my son went to inpatient treatment as a way to help me process because when you're in the thick of this it's like what's next what's next what do I need to do next how do I need to you know I don't did want you the intend to, to publish it I, I did okay. um, and I did that so I could help other parents but sometimes I can go to a certain part of this book even today my son is seven years sober at this point but Wonderful. I can go to this but this certain places in this book today and become just as teary because I immerse myself in that emotion of I, I remember that day in the kitchen. I remember, you know, I remember that particular moment. And I think being relatable to other parents is what helps and being real honest in this book about the journey. And you provide some hope in the book for the person reading that there is some light at the end of that tunnel. Yes. This book actually ends when I get him into inpatient treatment. And actually, to be honest, things spiraled worse before they got better. And people have asked me to write, you know, a second book to this, and maybe at some point I will. But really, the ending of this book is my getting him into a treatment center. So probably that would fit nicely into what you're doing now, because the book ended at treatment. But then you did go on to see more challenges and more heartache before things got better. And congratulations on his being sober for seven years. That's wonderful. And I know that's uh, so meaningful to your entire family, Mm -hmm. not just to you and your son. But uh, I assume with the book ending there, that had something to do with where you're at in your life today. So tell me, how did you choose going into coaching parents? Well... So the, so I published the book, but when and that was about when we got him to treatment. So when we got him to treatment, there was a family week. We participated in a, you know, we went to the treatment center and participated, participated in a three-night, four-day event. I loved what those counselors were doing there with the families. I, I, I was like, I learned so much about addiction, and I just enjoyed 
the real honest conversations with my son and 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 my husband and you know um our family it really was so so helpful to us to do that program so anyway i decided i had left college when my son was born because i needed to provide and so i went back to college after going to this program with my son i was like i i'm 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 going to become a counselor i'm going to be an lcdc counselor this is exactly what i want to do i want to help you know teenagers blah 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 so i went back and finished 60 credits college credits online I took the state of Texas board exam on for LCDCs, passed that, and then started on my 4,000 internship hours. And about 1,000 hours into that, I decided that coaching or that um, treating adolescents was not exactly where my calling was. It was in supporting and encouraging the parents that had their kids in the program. You know, that's very interesting because you know, so many people are treating problems and they're treating symptoms and, you know, uh, they're, they're doing surgery <laughs> on whatever it is that's going on in the, in the life of the home or the parent or, or the family or the child. And now you've decided after all that training that you want to take a different approach, which really sounds like it could be much more productive. So your approach is more about treating this family before all these problems are coming up or preventing yes, these yes. issues. So so I, I realized how much I loved supporting and encouraging the parents that had kids in the program. As this was going on, I was continuing to write in places like Huffington Post and I was continued to continuing to read parenting books and educate myself on my own parenting because I have four other children besides my oldest who is sober. I have um, sons that are 23, 18, 13, and, 11, and a daughter that's 11. You've got your hands full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love them, though. They're yeah. on all different stages, and it's always been very fun. So um, I decided that I wanted to support and encourage parents, but that I wanted to do it proactively, okay? I wanted to do it in a way that that parents didn't have this wake-up call that I did, okay? And I'm not going to be able to prevent all of it, but what I'm trying to do is help parents of middle school and high school age kids um, connect better with their children before we get into a place where kids are, you know, trying drugs and self-medicating and, you know, things like that and things begin to spiral out of control. It's kind of like a nutrition coach trying to help people prevent cancer. And in a sense, this is parenting coaching to prevent some of these very serious lifelong problems that will have lifelong consequences. Yes. And I think that's a brilliant approach because there's too much emphasis on fixing the problem after it occurs when there's almost no emphasis on preventing these problems in the family dynamic. So when we come back from the break, I do want to hear a little bit more about how you got that journey off the ground. And we've been visiting with Kim Minch, a certified parent coach. We'll be right back. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbie But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? 
And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everybody. And we are so happy to have Kim Minch, a certified parent coach, in the studio with us today. And she has written a book called My Mother's Footprints. It is only available at her website, reallifeparentguide.com. She has been published in numerous online magazines, parenting magazines, and uh, local Cross Timbers Gazette for her parenting advice. So thanks for staying over after the break, Kim. <laughs> Welcome back. We're so glad to have you here. This is such an interesting topic, and I love anything that is about prevention and about proactively uh, handling an issue before it is a problem or looking at a situation before it gets out of hand and and having skills um, to either prevent a problem or know how to deal or spot a problem. So tell us a little bit about your philosophy there and what all that looks like in terms of, you know, because I use the word prevention, but you said it's really about being proactive. So tell us a little bit about your approach. Okay. To be very honest with you, Debbie, I think that there are a lot of young people today that have emotional and stress and issues because their parents have emotional wounds that aren't healed, that have issues. Okay. And I believe that inadvertently, there are times when parents project their issues onto their children. So my certification program helps a parent look at their own upbringing, not from a place of blame or shame, but from a place of acknowledging where some of the things that they went through in their own upbringing are causing limiting beliefs that are being triggered by the children's behavior. So really it is, I, my ideal parent is one that might be frustrated in their relationship with their adolescent. However, they're willing to look within to see that what they are bringing into the situation and to learn some tools to change what's going on in the relationship. Are I, these concepts that you have come up with or is this a part of your certification? I was certified through Jai, the Jai Parenting Institute out of Los Angeles. And I had to go through the program myself before learning to coach the program. And that is the process. We, we go look back long enough to learn and then move forward with some different skills. And to be able to watch people transform their relationships with their children, especially their teenagers, is a wonderful gift. It is absolutely, but it again, it's the parent who is willing and open to explore themselves in the process and not just say, tell me how to get my kid to behave. It's now, not- how do you get people to get interested in working with you when your approach is to be proactive and so oftentimes people live in a bubble they think everything's great you know yeah there's a few little glitches here and there we have little bumps in our relationship but there's nothing major going on because nothing major has happened yet and so for most people we think well everything is fine you know she'll outgrow it it's just a phase he'll he'll get better when he gets in 10th grade how do you get people even interested in having this dialogue 
That is like a mountain I'm climbing right now, quite frankly. I've th thought outside the box because this population that I want to work with are middle school and high school parent parents of middle school and high schoolers. I have to think outside the box. This is not something that I go to m moms, mops groups to discuss that kind of thing because I'm They're probably not, too young. Maybe. Right, mm -hmm. right. And, and there's plenty of people that work with, that, that help coach and counsel parents with younger children. My love and passion for adolescent parents comes from the fact that my kids are between the ages, five kids between the ages of 10 and 30. That is where I'm at. That is, you know, that is my passion. And I also believe that parents think um, they're just white knuckling it until they get their kid to college or until they get, you know, this phase will. That's you know, true. Yes. And, and I know. Just kind of holding their breath. I believe that it's never too late to deepen that parent child bond. And what starts at home gets carried into school, gets carried into the community. So everything the good, the bad, the ugly starts at home. So I'm hoping that by working with parents and being out in the community and speaking about parent coaching and about my own personal experiences and challenges as a parent, that that will help drive the interest. Also, I've thought, I've even gone to like our local um, police department and met with them and talked to them about what they see when working with parents, which is quite frankly, a lot of denial and even when there's problems they don't want to address it and whatever um, so it's funny because um, the sergeant that I spoke with at Flower Mountain Police Department said um, that you know he laughed at me he said I wish there were more parents like you I really you have you have no yes. idea it would make their job easier yes by the time the police get involved it's really far into the trouble <laughs> yes, and so yeah. so to so to answer your question, it is a it is a big challenge for me to get parents to trust the idea of parent coaching and not feel like they're being blamed, judged, or shamed. So all I can do is continue to tell my story and my wake up call and my desire to change the parent child dynamic, and it's that it's never too late to do that. Even if your child is, you know, through high school and in college and you're struggling now, this this can be done, you know, at any time. So how does a parent self-identify that they really should be in this program with you? How what symptoms or what signals or what should they be seeing okay. in their dynamic that that they know it's time to reach out and get involved with if your program? If you're a parent that is saying, why won't my kid listen to me? Why, why, can, why does everything have to be a battle? Why are we arguing? You know, why does everything have to be you know, so black and white? Um, this is a parent. And people think that that's just normal, right? I mean, yes. so many parents think, well, that's just the way it is when you have a, a preteen or a teen. Right, but I, I, I mean, I have very, five very unique children and I can tell you that I have approached this with them and they're all their unique temperaments and characteristics and whatever. And when I guide them hand in hand, not feeling like they have to meet my expectations, but that I'm really there as a guide to help them grow into their truest potential. I love adolescents. I love watching my children go through this. This is not a battle for me. And I don't think it's because I'm some anomaly you know, I do believe that when a parent works on themselves 
and learns more about how to take a step back and allow their child's natural potential to come out, that they will um, deepen the connection with their child. So really what you're saying is, it isn't that you're so special, it is that you have a skill that is learned and it can be passed on to other parents. Yes. And it's not just, well, lucky you. You, you uh, have these five easy to get along with children or lucky you, you're just so easy to work with kids. You're saying, no, there's a skill here that can be learned. Absolutely. There's a skill that can be learned. And actually, again, it helps to the parents that I'm looking for are the ones that are willing to explore their part of the parent-child relationship. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Again, it's not a behavioral, it's not like, how do I get my kid to behave? How do I get my teenager to listen? It is not about that It's at opening all. up to a new philosophy. Absolutely. It's and going what if only one parent and the other is not interested and one is interested? Can you work in that family dynamic? That happens all the time. Sometimes even in my own home. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'm not helping here. <laughs> two, two parents on different parenting sure. stages happens all the time. And really what what my thought is on this is that you cannot change what happens between your spouse or ex-spouse and your children in that relationship you can only explore and deepen the the expression of what your and your yourself and your child's relationship looks like that's all you can do you can't change other people you can change yourself right and how you respond and how you react and if you have a willing partner, great. If you don't, you're saying you can work with even one of the parents if the other is not interested. One mindful parent, one conscious parent, one hand-in-hand parent guide for a child is better than none, is what I'm telling you. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. I love hearing that. And I like the fact that it's, you know, it's a proactive approach to parenting instead of reactive, because most of parenting is reactive. You know, it's, ah, you did that, stop it. And it's, you know, it's, oh, no, my kid is in trouble, or oh, no, my kid is failing. Or we had this big fight, we had this big argument. Um, You know, so most of parenting is reactive. and, And it's because we come to this job with no skills. You know, we just you know you love your children you want to help them but you don't necessarily have skills I think that parents do the best they can with what they know and it's also based a lot on our on our own growing up experience we hate to admit that but so many times unless we learn something different we defer to what we grew up with or maybe it was not such a good upbringing and so we make a decision to be completely opposite and that's not necessarily the right thing to do either again it's reactionary yes it's reacting to the past it's reacting to what you experienced that was bad and so your approach is let's be proactive let's not just react to circumstances let's intentionally walk hand in hand and guide those children through life and uh, sounds like a really interesting approach Um, When we come back from the break, we're going to go right into the lightning round because I know this is a business for you, and I'll have you ask me about a business challenge that I can help you with as you grow this wonderful business of parenting coaching. Of cleaning up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. 
Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason. Our mission is to give the gift of free house cleaning for women undergoing treatment for any type of cancer. Our goal is to let these brave and strong women focus on their health while we focus on and take the worry out of cleaning their homes completely free of charge. To learn more on how you can help provide the gift of a clean home to a woman battling cancer, visit cleaningforareason.org. Number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everybody. It is Debbie Sardone, and this is the lightning round segment of our show where I let my guest, who is always an entrepreneur, ask me a business challenge question to see if she can stump me or if I can provide some help for her business. We have in the studio with me today Kim Minch, and she is a Jai certified parent coach and she has written a book called My Mother's Footprints which is available on reallifeparentguide.com so Kim welcome back thank you and I understand that you have a business question that hopefully I can help you with so what have you got for me today well here's my question in 2017 I would like to do two things I'd like to begin coaching small groups of parents middle school high school of middle school and high school age kids in our community um, but I would also like to create an online self-paced parent education program for moms and dads of adolescents my challenge is how to create the program video and all I mean I have an iPhone and I've done some short videos but I know this needs to be a better quality than that so how do I go about doing something like that well those are good questions first of all my philosophy is you have to build your tribe first you have to build your list so no matter what size your list is today your focus in 2017 needs to build that list even larger than it is if it's small or practically non-existent then you've got to focus on getting thousands of names on your list I mean there are literally thousands of people not just in the Dallas Metroplex but all over the country that need your help because your help is unique and so the first step to offering a course especially because it's a business so that means you're going to charge for your course is to have enough people on your list that you can promote your course to from the beginning okay so step one is build your list and they call that build your tribe your list has to be built with people that need what you have to offer that resonate with what you say and that will reap the greatest benefit from your expertise okay that's your list so we don't need people on that list whose kids are grown and out of the house Uh, we don't need people on that list that just commend you for what you do but it it there's no benefit for them maybe it's too late or too soon or or whatever so you've got to build your list the best way to build your list is to do what you are doing now get out there do speaking public speaking radio interviews continue to publish articles um, get in front of people for free but just having an audience doesn't get their name on your list so every time you are in front of a group of people have something that you hand out that compels them to give you their name and their email whatever it is and you know better than i know what that is that they want 
I may, I mean, I know what people want in, in the cleaning industry, but you know what people want in this parenting industry. So it could be, you know, hey, for my ebook mm-hmm. on the 10 signals as to why you need this uh, parenting program in your family dynamic, it's a free white paper, it's a free ebook. 10 things to look for in your business and in your uh, life or in your family dynamic or you know the top five things that parents do to sabotage their relationship or whatever it is that you know has caused people in the past to come to you and say oh kim that was such good information pieces you pull from your articles okay people you things you pull from your interviews put that together in an ebook doesn't have to be anything fancy it could be six pages it could be 10 pages it could literally be two or three pages if it's done well and the content in the ebook is exactly what they were looking for they'll be thrilled that they got on your list but you have to get their email first so the first step is every time you're in front of an audience give them something in exchange for their contact information when you're online um, build a group that people have to join you know, you probably already have a private group. Um, I do. I have a Facebook group called Real Life Parenting Community. And Excellent. people can join that that are, you know, it's it's geared towards articles and interesting statistics about raising adolescents today. It also allows people to, if they're having a parenting challenge, to write about that and other members kind of answer their own thoughts. So your goal is to grow the group, but you always need to remember that if that's all you have as a group, Facebook owns your customers. You don't. So until you take the members of your group one step further and incentivize them to give you their name, phone number, and email, or name and email only, whatever, until you get them to take the next step and give you their contact information, you don't own them, Facebook does. And they change the rules whenever they want Mm -hmm. of how you engage and if you engage and, and who sees your content and whatever. And of course, it's all geared towards advertising. So the next step as you build your group, because I love those groups, it really is a great way to get people to come into your realm of information that are like minded. But you don't own anything about them until you get them to click and give your email. So come up with something, uh, what they call an ethical bribe, something that they will trade their email and first name for in exchange for whatever it is you have to offer. And because you know your expertise so well, you know what they want. You know what they want to see. You know what they want to hold in their hand, read or print off. Mm-hmm. So I would create that and make sure that's available. Okay. Another thing to do is to hold live daily tips. You, you know, you've, you've probably got thousands of tips in your head. Little things that come up, little anecdotal scenarios that you've seen and have discussed with other parents. You could hold short three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minute tips mm-hmm. live every day. And those certain parents that jump on their live to listen to your tips, those are going to be your most loyal fans. Make sure at the end of every tip, or even if you do it once or twice a week, at the end of every tip, you say, now if you'd like more about this particular topic and you've got your ebook, you know, it's my free ebook. Just simply click here below and uh, you'll receive my free ebook with details of this information. Now those people that were loyal to your tips are giving you their email address and when that program is created, 
they're going to be the first ones that want to buy it because they know they need it. And you've already established your expertise because they've heard the advice you've given. And it was new information to them. And it was relevant. And in many cases, it will be life changing for them. So build your tribe, Mm -hmm. build your list. It doesn't do any good to have just a list of everybody build that list of people that really resonate with what you do your list has to be filled with people that will gain the most benefit from what you have to offer okay then once you have that list and ideally within a short period of time it can be thousands of names on that list and again they don't have to be in the metroplex they can be all over the united states you can use paid facebook advertising to even build your list and to build your tribe once they click and give your email then you can begin to roll out a program. Obviously, the best way to test a program when you haven't launched a, a paid program is, number one, launch a, a free webinar. You know, something you could say is a $97 value, but the first 50 people that sign up are going to get it for free. Mm-hmm. kind of gives you the, the opportunity to test the technology and to see how comfortable you are with a webinar. Because the last thing you want to do is charge for a webinar, and then it crashes and burns. Mm-hmm. But a free webinar that you've crashed with, people will <laughs> forgive you, right? Or you don't have to issue a bunch of refunds. So just to get your feet wet in the technology side of launching a webinar and there's plenty of people that can help you with that i can help you with that in fact we talked about that um, but i would test the waters with some free webinars and to that group that attends your webinars that's the group that's going to buy your products and that's the group that you can introduce well if you really enjoyed this free webinar i have a 12-week parenting course or a six-week parenting course or you can uh you know, or I have my VIP parenting course that comes with my 12 weeks of video training and, you know, 90 days of one-on-one coaching or whatever. And you can bundle that after you test the waters with some free information. Got it. I, build I, my tribe. Build your tribe. The, <laughs> the people that will resonate the most. Do some things for free that have high value so that you know after you delivered it and you created that webinar you know people are saying oh, i would have paid to have this information and and you know you're you're spot on and then once you get the technology right you record those videos or those audios and you make it available for sale because there's only so much of you to go around and you can help more people if you can turn that advice into mm-hmm. a product and then more people can access that product and and hopefully save some families and that's really my goal is that's to goal. reach as many people as i can so that sounds like great advice there's only so many people you can help one-on-one but once you turn that into a product you'll be able to help thousands of people all across the country Perfect. so well great i can't wait to see the course <laughs> and hopefully we'll get to work together on that in the coming year that's one thing that i've done with my consulting business i've turned my advice into a product because i only have so many hours a day to talk to people one-on-one so and it's a lot of fun and and you love changing other people's lives you love preventing catastrophes and yeah it's priceless to be able to watch people transform their relationships in their home is a priceless gift to me it absolutely is most rewarding thing we do in the consulting world is changing lives so we'll be right back after the break again with kim minch and she is a jai certified parent coach and we've got one more segment to hear more about her business it was early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn 
Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everybody. This is Debbie Sardone, and I have Kim Minch in the studio with me today. Kim is a JAI certified parent coach, and she has a passion for supporting parents and proactively helping them uh, in the entire parenting process. She has a wonderful story, and she's written a book that is called, let's see what the book is. It is My Mother's Footprints, and it's available on her website. If you would like to get her book, it is on reallifeparentguide.com. Make sure I get that right, Kim. Mm -hmm. And, you know, behind every successful man or woman entrepreneur, there's always some good books that they're reading. And I know I love to read business books and life books, and I'm sure you have some that you'd like to share with us today. What are you reading now, and what do you recommend? Well, I do, it's funny, because I, growing up, I read a lot of fictional type books, but just in the last probably 10 years, I've made a decision to only read books that build me as a person, whether that's as a wife or woman or human being in general. So at the moment, when you ask me what what I'm reading, I'm finishing a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Dr. Carol Dweck, which is all about the fixed mindset as opposed to growth mindset and how when we can instill in our children the idea of a growth mindset, effort being most important, not talent or outcome, but the effort that goes in, this is super important to um, parenting today. You know, that really makes sense. Effort over talent. Because there's a lot of incredibly talented people that have done absolutely nothing with their talent. And then there's less talented people that just work their head off and have been extremely successful. So I love that, that the the book on effort really. It's it's all about, again, instilling a growth mindset into your children and in your own life. Um, And then the other one that I'm reading that I absolutely love is called The Age of Opportunity, Lessons from the New Science of Adolescence by Dr. Lawrence Steinberg. And he is an expert on the brain in adolescence. And what's interesting is that adolescence now is not, um, it, it's actually lengthening in time, okay? So puberty, adolescence is defined as born in biology because that's when puberty begins, that's when adolescence starts. That's happening earlier and earlier for our kids today. It it is going from age ten to even down to age eight. So oh kids are hitting adolescence earlier than ever before, um, and because young people are making a decision to get married later or become financially independent of their parents and whatnot later, 
adolescence actually is defined right now from age 10 to age 25. That's no way. 15 years oh of goodness. time that is known as adolescence. And the other thing that we've really learned about adolescence is that, you know, when babies are little and they, that growth, that brain growth between the ages of zero and two when they learn to speak and there's just constant neuron connections and whatnot going on, well, there is a second period of time that is during adolescence. It's a second and a most, most important time when the brains are making connections. So kids, every, every, every sense that they have, hearing, sight, taste, everything, is hyper-enhanced during the early, early part of adolescence. So fun is more fun as an adolescent. Risk-taking is, is, is something that you find during adolescence because one of the last parts of the brain to develop is the frontal cortex where we make our good decisions based on consequences. Judgment calls. And so for many years now, be, again, earlier and earlier this is starting, our kids are having this, uh, the hormones and the sensations of all these um, brain connections and things that are super... Um, super hyper enhanced during adolescence and then the but the decision making the consequence understanding doesn't come until much later so we've got years where an even longer period of time whereas parents we have to set boundaries and safeguards in place for our children and the best way to do that is to have a good relationship and open communication with our kids so what you're saying is there's actual science behind this absolutely that it, it's it's not that just it's like the uh, helicopter parent there really is science that says these children need guidance because they don't it's, it's actually literally have the cognitive ability to make those calls absolutely there's no question about it and um they're so susceptible their brain is so susceptible if you start doing some kind of drug or you know uh, drinking or whatnot early that has such an impact on the brain that you know had a the child waited till you know 21 or even 20 or 18 or you know getting to college before having that first drink or before trying whatever there's a decreased chance of addiction in that the longer you wait so it's super important that parents have boundaries for their children to keep them safe because kids just don't have that ability brain-wise. Mm -hmm. and, and the science is absolutely in the age of opportunity to back that up. It's so interesting because, you know, it's a no-brainer for parents to protect and keep safe their little toddlers from running out to the street or going and, you know, playing on a highway. You know, that's, that's an easy decision. Yet, during this period of adolescence, parents may not be aware of how important it is to protect their children from falling into those opportunities of alcohol and drugs and all those things that you're saying will actually start the process of addiction because it was introduced so early right. into their life. Right. And, and I think parenting adolescence in general is like walking a tightrope because you have to balance their increasing independence with your desire to want to protect them, right? So you have to, I think, really tune into your own instinct as to whether or not you allow sleepovers or you, you know, depending on, you know, you really have to be in tune with who your child is and in touch with the idea that just because you did it when you were growing up 
doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing to la- allow your child to do. And, and it really is such, I mean, it really is a, a balance of trying to figure out There what, isn't one size fits all. No, every, no. every family is different and um, has different needs and has different dynamics. But if we can know our children well, this will be helpful. And that's what the parent coaching does is to really build that connection with our kids, not just be the rule maker and, you know, be the disciplinarian, but to build an actual relationship with your teenager. So you sound very busy. You're reading books, you're helping parents, you have five children of your own, which is amazing. And you enjoy them, which is fabulous. And that's the way it's supposed to be. How on earth do you balance that whole work, life, family, business going on in your life? Because I know you're busy. How do you keep that balance going? <laughs> Two things. I will tell you, I work out six mornings a week. I recently took up running, and so four days a week, I run a little over three miles in the morning. And then the other days a week, I do weight training and, and things like that. So I work out six days a week. That is that is absolutely for my mental health. Um, also, for the last 28, 29 years, I have had a glass of Chardonnay and a bowl of <laughs> snacks at 9.30 every single night. And I am wow. such a creature of habit with that. And I am convinced... You're a girl after my own heart. <laughs> I am convinced that those two things are what keep me passionate and sane and loving my children. <laughs> that is great. You know, a glass of wine can help you love just about anybody. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole studio full of guests today that that I think agree with that comment. So uh, that's really good. A glass, And you know what? You kind of have to structure your whole day so that you can be finished by 930 at night. That's my goal. <laughs> and the kids are in bed. The baths are taken care of. The dishes are cleaned up. Right. The emails have been answered. Mm-hmm. And now it's Laundry Chardonnay folded, time. Absolutely. Laundry folded. Absolutely. Yep. So Sit really down and veg out in front of HGTV for an hour. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, mine would be a, a, ga- a glass of Cabernet or red wine blend. So I want to know what, what's the snack? What, what, what is the snack you get I start, to have? For years, I had a big bowl of Frito scoops. And then, you know, as I get older, here's what I've gone to now. I buy that um, popcorn, that healthy popcorn that's like 35 calories. And I have a big okay. bowl of it. But, yes, I've gone from a big something bowl of Something greasy Fritos, to something yeah. not, so, not so fattening. Trying to, trying to keep an eye on the Fantastic. Weight. Well, I love that. And, of course, working out really does help relieve stress and it helps you start your day fresh, and I believe it. It really does help you to be more productive throughout the day if you start your day out with the physical exercise for your health and your mental health, like right. you said. I think self-care is super important, whether you have one child who's little or five that are older, like mine, self-care is super important. And whatever feeds your soul is what you need to do to keep it going well real quick before our segment is completely over and i've thoroughly enjoyed interviewing you kim um can you leave us with a piece of advice for parents that are listening today here's here's what would be great the next time that you are in a i don't want to say argument but a confrontation of some sort with your middle school high school actually any age child i want you to take a moment and pause and think about what's really going on in that moment. Instead of just reacting, yelling, whatever, take a moment, take a step back and say, what am I really feeling? And what did I I bring into this moment 
that's tr- that the, that my child's behavior, frustration, whatever is triggering me. Because often you've got a surface feeling. I'm frustrated with my kid because they just won't do this or they forgot their book again or whatever. But there's there's something deeper and that's what I work with is what's that deeper feeling and let's work through that. So let's try not to react. Let's try to evaluate the root cause of the problem. Where is this stemming from? And then we can scream our head off. <laughs> no. Oh, I guess that's not it. <laughs> but just taking that pause is the first step to not going down that negative path of screaming our head off or saying things that we regret, bitter, harsh things. Um, just taking that pause and evaluating the situation and then planning that next step instead of just reacting as a parent. Amen, Debbie. So I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. So Kim Minch, Jai Certified Parent Coach. You can find her information at reallifeparentguide.com. Until next time, I hope everyone will continue to clean up in life and business.